Hi, and welcome to Two Peds in a Pod. This is the first in an occasional series on the subject of advanced practice. We will be rolling out this topic over the next year or so and plan to include some conversations on how you can become an advanced practitioner and a more in-depth look at some of the places that, ad- that advanced practice is often taking place. I'm Rianne Smith and I'm an advanced neonatal nurse practitioner on a sub-regional neonatal unit and transport service in North Wales. Here with me today in this virtual space are Katie Barnes and Laura Lee. Brilliant. Thanks, Rianne. Hi there, everybody. My name is Katie Barnes, and I'm an advanced pediatric nurse practitioner or pediatric ACP in our new lingo, and I'm based in Liverpool. I have a couple of hats. I wear a clinical one as part of a super team ED at Alderhey Children's Hospital, while my other hat is leading a social enterprise, Kids Health Matters, where we are working to improve maternal and child health through advanced practice education, some service redesign, and new role development. I think I'm pretty darn lucky to be able to combine that shop floor delivery with advanced practice policy and innovation and thrilled to be here with my colleagues today. Hi, and my name's Laura Lee, and I am an advanced clinical practitioner in children's emergency medicine in Norfolk. Um, My background is nursing, and I worked for a number of years as a senior emergency nurse, and but also have done a bit... um, working in education and in a resource officer role. Um, Throughout this, my passion lied with emergency nursing, and that's what drove me back to it. Katie, how about you give us a definition of advanced practice to start us off? Thanks, Rian. That's a great question, and it probably is a great place to start. Um, Health Education England and their new Centre for Advancing Practice is kind of the beginning of that story and the beginning of that definition. They're leading the UK in terms of defining and putting some structure in place for the complexity that is currently multi-professional advanced practice. The center has defined advanced clinical practice as care that's delivered by experienced and importantly registered healthcare professionals, and it's underpinned by master's level education and includes four pillars. Very important, these four pillars uh, that underpin advanced practice. The first one is a clinical pillar, obviously, the clue is in the name. There's also a leadership pillar or an education pillar and a research pillar. Advanced clinical practitioners with this great training work in partnership with individuals, carers, families, and the wider healthcare team in a variety of settings. And they're really important innovation for the NHS to improve both the experience and outcome of care. Anybody that has a special interest in taking a look at um, more in depth in our chat here, the idea of advanced clinical practice. Um, give Google a quick spin and Google advanced clinical practice and health education England to access a whole lot more detail. But I think that hopefully encapsulates the idea of these new roles that are really about a different level of decision making by a whole wider set of healthcare professionals. 
um, tell me, now that we've gotten the definition out of the way, um, Laura and Rianne, you gals, why did you do it? You both have quite remarkable backgrounds. What motivated you to leave the comfort zone of your expert nursing practice and step into the advanced clinical practice world? Laura, what decided things for you? Great, Katie, thanks. Well, I think maybe 10 years ago, I would never have imagined myself doing this advanced practice role, but I didn't really know where I wanted to be. I think early on in my career, I knew that I didn't want to be a manager. I wanted to stay patient facing and um, I enjoyed other things though, education and service improvement. Um, So really wanted, was looking for something that kind of incorporated them all. It was really my time as a resus officer when I was working alongside some really fantastic advanced nurse practitioners that I thought, actually, I think this is this is what I want to do and this is where I want to be. And um, my passion for emergency nursing remained throughout my time as a, a resus officer. And when the opportunity arose, I started my master's pathway with the hope that a post would would come available and it did and that's really where I started Rian what what motivated you um well so much of what you've already said really resonates with me um I wanted to further my career but without moving into a more managerial aspect of nursing um so 10 years ago I was working as a senior staff nurse and had done an enhanced nursing practice course, which had given me extra skills. Then an opportunity came to be seconded to do my master's in advanced clinical practice, with a view to then setting up the ANMP service in my local unit. This was challenging as I had no footsteps to follow locally, but it was a fantastic opportunity for me and a colleague to work with the senior clinicians to set up the service how we wanted it. Wow. Wow. I think that I likewise share some bits of that story. Um, One of the biggest differences, I suppose, that my story started 3,000 miles away from here. So I get that. I get the idea of stretching your clinical skills to another level. Laura, I definitely heard that in your reasons, Rian, yours as well, and absolutely, totally the same for me. But in addition, believe it or not, way back while I was still in nursing school, my friend's mother um, was a community-based pediatric nurse practitioner. Um, the states did have a jump start on advanced practice. Those The pediatric nurse practitioner role started in the 60s. But I knew when I met her mom, talked to her mom, heard about what she was doing, um, that I wanted to be one of those things. I wanted to care for kids as a decision maker. I still wanted to care for kids as a nurse, but with more, with greater autonomy and holding on to the things that I loved. Really similar, Laura, really similar, Rianne, that um, a focus on education, prevention, connection, keeping those pieces, but stretching my clinical skills to, a, to another level. Knowing um, what her job was, my friend's mother's job, I mean, and literally, this was a long time ago, that it did, it sealed the deal for me. Um, and that, when I was still in nursing school, I decided that that is what I wanted to do. 
So that same type of thinking as this role continues to gain momentum, I do think is really, really important for you, Rian, your guys on the unit, Laura, yours and the other the nurses in ED, um, the physios around the hospital, um, you modeling that exciting role um, as something, as another possibility for anyone considering to come into healthcare. Um, you kind of sometimes have to see what you want to be and see what's possible. And at the moment, the idea of multi-professional advanced practice really does crack open um, the opportunities. And certainly the NHS is not short of, uh, of need. There's no shortage of patients. So lots of hands need to come into that space. Um, so yeah, I really think despite being from three different parts of the country and three different countries, we share an awful lot in that motivation. It's something I certainly have heard from, from lots of advanced practitioners. Um, but tell me a little bit, cause I don't know, super lot about what you guys do with your days. Laura, your day, um, what's a typical day like for you in ED? Well, do you know what, Katie? I, I find this really hard to answer because within emergency medicine, I don't really think there is a typical day. And I think that's part of the draw for it, um, with me personally anyway. And, and when you speak to the, the nursing staff and the medical staff that I work alongside, many of them say the same thing. You know, every day is different. You don't know what's going to come through the door. Um, and not just every day is different. Every hour of of every day is different um you know on on a clinical day i could be seeing a patient with who's coming with a fever and needs lots of parental reassurance following that up with with a minor injury or um a, a trauma maybe so it it really does vary from day to day but i think fundamentally Throughout my, my clinical work, there's um, lots of focus put on um, examining and making decisions about the treatment of patients, prescribing, and um, really picking out those children that are safe to send home um, and giving parents really good safety netting and picking out those ones that, that I feel need further investigation or um, further observation and then referring them on to specialities. I really love the fact that emergency medicine, emergency nursing is really hands-on and practical. So um, on on a daily basis, you might be suturing or doing other forms of wound care, gaining IV access um, and many other practical skills which is great um the other i think the other thing that's always in my mind when i'm on a a clinical shift is my work towards my archem portfolio so um for those of you that that don't work in emergency medicine the royal college of emergency medicine has um given us the opportunity to credential against a set of competencies so that's that's in the back of my mind and I'm always looking for um, opportunities to uh, pick out patients and skills that help me with that. Um, I think thinking about the four pillars, I have many other things that I get involved in and 
as I said earlier, or alluded to earlier, I enjoy teaching and I try and incorporate that into my daily job. So if there's something going on or um, something that I might be of interest to the team, then I'll get them involved as well. Start, you know, starting off with things like pointing out things on x-rays. We might do a bit of um, in situ simulation. So uh, really a wide variety of things. And that's just my clinical time. On top of that, non-clinically, I get involved with some service improvement and um, audit and uh, investigating incidents. So a, a really good variety of stuff to keep me busy. I think ultimately, every day is different. And every day I'm pushing myself and developing myself and, and really um, kind of testing my knowledge. And I, I love that about the job. So what about you, Rian? What's your typical day like? Because I, I expect it's quite different from mine. Well, uh, the similarity would be that there really is no usual day. Um, if I'm working clinically, I could be covering the neonatal unit. I might be participating in a ward round, which is consultant led. I could be attending births on delivery suite where problems anticipated. Um, I could be examining and discharging well babies on the postnatal ward. On a transport shift, I could be zipping around North Wales and beyond um, with a baby who needs to be taken to tertiary level care. Um, Non-clinically, um, similar sorts of things, service development, um, incident reviews, um, or I could be teaching at the university or working alongside nursing and medical staff um, for them to gain their skills and knowledge and experience. Um, so it's a really, really varied role. Great, thanks. And what about you, Katie? I'm guessing with your kind of emergency medicine hat on, you do some similar things to me but you do loads of other stuff. So what's your day like? Um, thanks, Laura. You're right. And uh, my clinical day is similar to yours, although I probably, being at a tertiary uh, children's hospital, might have a little bit of a volume control on that. Um, I love ED um, because I consider it, in the nicest possible way, the grand central station of the hospital. So anything and everything can come through that door. And I love being part of that team that that manages those pieces. But yes, anything from minor injuries to um, much more unwell children to major traumas, the helicopter might be landing, although that is not my uh, comfort zone, I have to be perfectly honest. My other hat, the Kids Health Matters hat, can likewise be pretty wild and very varied, um, but in a very different way. Um, we do a lot of teaching and a lot of development, and we do it one flipped classroom at a time, I like to call it. So using, um, exploiting the the added value that you can get from the internet that breaks down the barriers of geography and bricks and mortar. We didn't realize how valuable that was pre-COVID and where now that COVID has arrived in our world will probably be inextricably changed. The idea of being able to deliver and participate without the restrictions of geography, bricks, mortar, travel is really important. Um, so 
teaching at least one day a week. And I am feel very privileged to be able to contribute, again, these many years of experience across whole lots of settings and, and different countries even, um, to develop the advanced, uh, the ACP, the PEDS ACP role. Really important for me is trying to make things better for ACPs, for ACP trainees, for managers, mentors, and bringing that expertise actually to the policymaking table because translating what it's like in real time um, is really important to me. Um, I think I start with some of that ACP stuff for breakfast, and I was probably a geek before they invented the word. Um, so combining those same four pillars, on some days, one pillar predominates more than others, but there's an inextricable link between the education, the research, the leadership and management, and then the clinical practice. Um, and yeah, it's I wouldn't do anything else. Brilliant. Thanks, Katie. I just want to remind our listeners that Advanced Practice Week runs from the 8th to the 14th of November 2020 and is a chance to celebrate all things advanced practice and the fantastic work that we all do. For those of you who are aspiring ACPs, it's a really good opportunity to get a real feel for what being an ACP is about. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what is happening nationwide on social media. Thank you both um, and thank you out there for um, joining us today um, and listening to our conversation. Um, I hope that we've given you an overview of advanced practice. We hope you've enjoyed hearing this introduction to the subject. As I said at the beginning, this will be an occasional series and in the future we've got conversations planned looking at how you can become an advanced practitioner and what future career paths advanced practice can take you on. Bye for now.